Let's read our scripture for the day. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who, um, who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. To a sheep, that is awesome news. Because as a sheep, that's all you think about is pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Let's pray. Lord, I just ask you to speak to us. God, I pray you'll speak to us about abundant life. And God, I just ask you to uh, uh, touch us, direct our steps. God, I pray for our president and Congress. I pray that they will hear your voice clearly. I pray for them, Lord. I pray for our leaders, God. God, I pray this morning that people will begin to heed your voice and know your voice. Father, I just ask you to do that. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, one of the things, I love the new year. I love what's going on. I love starting over. I love, it's kind of like a, a fresh start. You know, and, and new direction. Now, my question is, where are you going in 2024? What are you going to do? Well, you know, I, I know there's this common thing. Do you realize I read, I read, there is about to be billions of dollars spent. Tuesday, I mean, this article will say, Tuesday, there's going to be billions of dollars spent on diet stuff. Everybody's going to hit it hard Tuesday. We're going to blow it out Monday, but we're going to hit it hard Tuesday. You know, that's, that was everybody. And they were talking about how much money is spent on people trying to lose weight. And here's what I was, you know, I'll just tell you, just as a joke, my dad was a real big man, real big, you know, and he, uh, he, his, fa- he said his favorite verse was, in the Bible was, all the fat belongs to the Lord. <laughs> I said, I think you're taking that out of context. But anyway, man, it, it's, it's time to think again. See, most of us are going through life unintentional. We're just trying to get by. Well, I'm just trying to do the best I can. Just trying to hang on, just trying to survive, trying to get to retirement, trying to have this, whatever. Most of us never think about direction. And if we do, it's usually something goofy. You know, you have movies like The Bucket List. I want to go to climb Mount, what's that big tall one? Everest, yeah, I ain't doing that. I don't want to do that. I don't even want to have somebody fly me up there. I, you know, you know, all these different things, and they're okay. Look, I'm not against New Year's resolutions. It's okay. But I, this verse says, look, I've come to give you life, and I just don't want to give you life. I want to give you life abundantly, a life worth living, a life that you are excited about. A life that you feel like you have purpose 
and destiny, a life that you're going somewhere, not just trying to get by and survive. Well, I don't know. It's getting bad out there. Oh. Well, he didn't say life abundantly unless so-and-so gets elected president or this happens or that happens. I think he just said, look, I'll give you life abundantly no matter where you are. Now, here's the thing. Let me say this to you. You cannot expect anything different in this year if you do not change your thoughts. If you do not change what you take in your mind, if you do not change your thought process, if you don't change your thoughts, baby, you're going to wind up and then you're just getting by. Surviving. You're going to wind up in the same, I wish, I, you know, if I had to do over again. Well, you don't. So we better get it right. Amen? Now, today I want to talk to you about the American dream. I want to talk to you about the American dream because we are all basically Americans here. And I want to talk to you about what that was and what it is today and how it's affecting how you interpret that verse and what God really wants to do in your life, okay? I'm praying that you have direction for this year. Now, here's what he says. First of all, God has a plan for you. Everybody hear me? Everybody look at me. God has thoughts. God is not up in heaven. Well, what you want to do this year? He don't ever, he's got a plan, and he knows you, and he's got a plan for you. Now, here's what he says, and I'm telling you, it's life abundantly. Here's what that verse means. Abundant life. Look what he said. I've come to give you life and give you more abundantly. Everybody say abundantly. Look what it means. Super abundance. Excessive. Overflowing. Surplus. Extraordinary. More than enough. Above ordinary. That's what that word means, abundant, in the Greek. That's what he's saying. Look, I didn't come here just to help you get by. I came here to give you a life worth living that's not like everybody else's. Extraordinary. Now, from that, we're going to define the American dream which I think the original American dream was based on things that I, principles of the Lord. The original American dream, when they came here, when this country was founded, they came here, first of all, they wanted to worship the way they wanted to worship. They were controlling over there. They were persecuting. They wanted to worship, okay? The original American dream was based on they wanted freedom to build something on their own. See, back in Europe and England and all that, you were cast. Most of us, there ain't no royals in here. So we would be all the common folk. So the common folk could not do certain things. Common folk could not own things. Common folk could not, that was 
the Europe and all of that at that time. And here's what they wanted. Lance, turn this down a little bit for me. Just a little bit. Here's what they wanted. They wanted a chance to build a life that they were proud of, to dream, to have principle, to have purpose, to, to do something that made them feel like their life was worth something, to build something. That's what the American dream, and then the founding fathers tapped into this. They understood it. That's why they said, all men are created equal. And they are endowed by their creator with rights. And part of those rights was the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of life and liberty, that I can have a chance. This is the same thing that that Martin Luther King tapped into. He understood, he said, we want to judge people based on the character of their heart, not on the color of their skin. Okay, all of that is part of this original thing, which I think is godly. God puts dreams and purpose and things in each one of us. It might not be the same, but when you understand that God, the founding father said, we want people to have the freedom to pursue what's in their heart to pursue. Look at me. And people were willing to die for that. I mean, I started reading, going back and reading. I mean, people put their children on a wooden boat and sailed to a land. Their wife and their children, they were willing to die for this life. They were willing to die for this dream of having a life that meant something that was extraordinary. The belief will cause you, if you believe that dream, it'll cause you to interpret that verse a certain way. God is to give you life and life more abundantly. Now, in in 1900s, early 1900s, the American dream changed. And we are seeing the results of the American dream flipping. It's now defined differently. In 1931, there was a book written, The Epic of America, and he started seeing, this guy started seeing the flip of of the American dream. It's no longer about purpose. It's no longer about fulfilling your destiny. It's no longer about having an opportunity. The American dream today is now about amassing wealth, fame, fortune, consume, get more to spend more. That's what the American dream is. Now, ain't nobody going to argue with that, I hope. That's what the American dream now has flipped over. And now it is about how much can I grab stuff, wealth, 
you know, consumption. Not enjoy, but spend. The more I got, the more I spend. That's how the lottery is such a big deal. People are wasting millions of dollars giving these fat cats up at the top millions of dollars for this American dream. If I hit it big, all those things. Now, here's the problem with that. First of all, let me say this. Nothing's wrong with wealth. Nothing's wrong with getting wealth. Nothing's wrong with having. But let me just tell you something. God does not intend everybody to be wealthy. I don't care what prosperity gospel has told you. Because you can't go to India and preach that gospel. It don't work. So it ain't the gospel. But what God does, he intends for you to fulfill the purposes that he's put in your heart. I'm going to show it to you in just a second. God wants you to have a life that is worth living. Now, if you define the American dream the way it's defined now, well, it affects you in a certain way, and you interpret that scripture a different way. The prosperity gospel interpreted that scripture, well, you're only blessed if God's giving you money. I mean, that's exactly what, God is a stock market deal. You invest, he gives you more. That's the way it was because they're interpreting that scripture through what the American dream is now. And what happens there, that dream causes anger, it causes frustration, it causes jealousy, it causes people to feel like a victim. Well, I was born poor, and I can't ever get there, so I'm a victim. Somebody take care of me. Instead of understanding God has a purpose for every child, I don't care who you were born for, with to, God has a reason for you to be alive, an extraordinary, great reason. Doesn't matter where you come from. But see, this dream causes People to make bad decisions, they steal. Like some people, I've heard people around here say, well, you know, that's a big corporation. They won't miss that stuff. Oh, they make billions. They, they, it don't matter. It causes us to make bad decisions. It causes us to demand something for nothing. Causes people to choose jobs. Do you realize we're dictating to our young people, you better choose this job because this is what you'll make the most money. Let me just stop right here. 83% of America, this is just straight out, 83% of America hate what they do for a job. 80%, 3% of America hates the job they take. And I guarantee you, because of the American dream has been redefined, we tell our kids, don't do go into that because you won't make a lot of money. You can't make a lot of money. I mean, let's just take for instance, I love teachers. I appreciate teachers. Me and Amy appreciate teachers. We glad somebody else is watching them. I, we appreciate it. We, you know, teachers 
have an impossible job right now because with this soft parenting and nobody correcting their children because I don't want to hurt their psyche, well, you're sending them little hellions to, that won't obey nobody, they won't obey you. Well, hey, you know, anyway, don't get me started. Spare the rod, spoil the child. We got a bunch of, you know, I mean, the rod of correction will drive foolishness from their heart. Do not sacrifice your soul. For, anyway, okay, I'm sorry. That's not what I'm preaching about. But it's so wrong. And what, it, you know, and these teachers show up and they got 25 of them in a classroom. But like Dan's wife, Maury. Maury has been a teacher for almost 40 years. She feels called to be a teacher. It is a passion for her. She's always checking on children and do they need something. It is a life that gives her purpose and meaning. Well, if you got the wrong dream, you won't take that job. Because if you're called to be a teacher, you got to know you ain't going to make a lot of money. You're not going to achieve wealth. Do you understand? You got to know that. But if it's your passion, what God has put in your heart, it is a life worth living. I understood. I understood. I grew up as a pastor's son. You know, I think the people at our church had the idea, Lord, you keep him humble and we'll keep him poor. You know, I understand. When I surrender to ministry, I ain't going to, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, contrary to popular belief, preachers are not rich, most of them. Now, you got a few on TV, but they ain't me. They don't have 150 children and grandchildren that eat everything. Okay, but what I'm saying is the wrong dream is causing us to make decisions, take jobs, take this, do that, spend this, get yourself, I deserve that house. Well, me and my wife got to work full time. We got to do it. We got to bust our tail to pay for it. But that's the American dream. Instead of saying, God, what have you put in my heart to do? Now, you might be wealthy. That's awesome. But with great wealth comes great responsibility. But God has a dream inside of every one of you. Every one of you that brings excitement. It causes this bad dream. is causing people to put themselves under stress. Buying stuff they don't need. I love, I love messing with, with my daughter-in-law's. You know, I ain't had no daughters to pick on, so they get it all. You know, I tell them, because we had a 15-passenger van. Well, you know, we ain't trying to improve. You're not getting no fashionable 15-passenger van. I mean, you're not keeping up with the Joneses because nobody else has got one, but churches. <laughs> but what I'm saying, I, you know, I get on Emily about, you need a, fit, you need a minivan. I ain't buying no minivan. That's a mall mall car, you know, all that. It's the idea, and it's even filtered down to children. 
Children want to wear the name brand. Oh, that's terrible if I don't have the Timberlake, not Timberlake. What, what is the backpack I'm thinking about? You know, I got a hat. What? Whatever. The right shoes and all that. What is that saying? That is the wrong dream that I receive status from things outside of me. Are you hearing? That is a life that will kill you. Amy said this to me last night. We have created a world that we're striving for things that will not give us fulfillment when God has a dream and he promises, I'll give you something extraordinary where you'll love living. My sister, Jamie, I don't like to compliment her too much because she'll get the big head. But listen, she was a charge nurse. I don't know if you know, she ran an ICU. I was glad she hadn't had no husband for a long time because Christmas time was a boondoggle for us. She's making money. I felt like, she felt like, the Lord told me to start manna and start a free medical clinic. She steps out of her into what I'm paying her, which is, you know, not this, it's... And she's been doing it for almost 20 years, or a little over 20, and loves it. Do you understand? I'm not talking about changing careers. I'm talking about finding what God has put in you and pursuing that. Not just in a daily life. Forget your job for a moment. God wants to give you a life that's extraordinary. A one that the world cannot produce. God says, Jesus says, this American dream we're in now, we judge, we judge ourselves better or worse based on Outside things. Now, how do you have abundant life in, how do you get a piece of God's dream? How do you have abundant life in 2024? I am so glad you asked that because I got an answer for you. Number one, you ready? I would write these down. Of course, they're on our little goofy app, but you all know when you all looking at your phone, I think you're texting or scrolling, or shopping, or looking at Facebook. So, I, you know, these are th three things that'll help you find out where you get to the end of 2024 and go, now that was, that was a year. I'm not saying you're gonna have problem free. Listen, I've had problems. I sing of the goodness of God, but I've had all kinds of issues, but I know God has been so good, he's walked me through every one of them. Amen? Number one, I got to believe him. I got to believe that he'll speak to me, that he'll guide me, that he has a plan for my good, for my fulfillment. Have you taken time to ask God 
What is his goal for you this year? Have you taken time to ask the Lord? You got to believe him that he says, my sheep hear my voice. You got to believe him when he says, I will direct your path. You got to believe him that his plans are for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. You got to believe that God has your best interest in mind. That doesn't mean that you won't walk through hard times, but it does mean that God has a life where you get to the end and go, that was worth living. There's too many Christians that are just enduring and trying to survive when God says, we don't survive, we overcome. We are people that have an extraordinary life. I don't care who gets elected president. I don't care what's going on. God says, I've come to give you life in abundance. You got to believe him. You got to trust him. Part of believing is trusting. Believing that he knows you by name. That life, as long as you live here, should be extraordinary. I want to say something to you. Uh, I want to give a prophetic word to a few people. I was uh, talking to somebody, Miss Pam Seal, who comes to the first service. Y'all know that we're going to compromise. When we get the new building, we're going to one service. Y'all going to have to get up earlier. They're going to have to get up. It's going to be 9.30, 10.30 and 8.30. You know, I mean, people, as soon as we broke ground, people started calling me lobbying. I really love the 8.30 service. You know, I can't get there at 10.30. I mean, people started lobbying already. I said, we didn't pour the concrete yet. Anyway, if you are 80 or close to 80 or above, I want you to stand up right where you are. I know we got some right here. Go ahead. I'm, I'm not going to ask you specifics. But we can guess. If you're like 78 and above, you know, close to 80. Okay. I was talking to Miss Pam. She said, I'm about 80. She said, I'm going to be 80. Yeah, you better stand up, Lou. You're way past 80. <laughs> anyway, listen, I want you to hear this. And, I, and, of course, when she said, I'm about to be 80, I made a comment that might not have been, you know, but we laughed about it and everything. And I was coming in during praise and worship first service. The Lord just spoke to me and said, I want you to stand them up and tell them I've got something for them to live in this year. And instantly I saw Caleb. When Caleb was 80, he came to Joshua and said, give me my mountain. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to encourage you you need to get very specific about your mountains because God wants you to pursue mountains. It might be people or things or whatever, but there are specific mountains that he's going to give you in the next stage of your life. You're not just to fade away. You're to take your mountains. And God has promised you, and you've been faithful. You've been faithful. So God's going to give you your mountain. I don't know what that mountain's name is, but you will. You'll know. And I want you to know God is going to do some incredible things before you take the next step. Amen? Be blessed. God rewards faithfulness. You got to believe him. Second thing, you got to be with him. You got to be with him. 
Guys, listen, I, I, you got to follow the cloud. You got to read his word. You got to bow to his ways. You got to live your life by his bidding. I don't care about your opinion. I don't care what Dr. Phil says or Oprah or any of They are not my Lord. I don't live by what they say is okay and not okay. I got to follow the guy. I got to be with him. I got to hear his word constantly. You got to stop listening to some of the voices that you're listening that are affecting your thought process. I've got to be with him because he's the one that guides me. It's his opinion is best. Even in hard times, it's he the one that told him to get in the boat and go to the other side. It was at his bidding and then a miracle happened. We are missing miracles because we're living life by our own bidding what we think is best. I have a son. I appreciate uh, my son's trying to, I've encouraged all of them to dream and go for it and all that. Well, my son Jonathan comes to me and says, he's a, first of all, went to college, has an engineering degree, nice, cushy, air-conditioned job, great benefits, don't have to do a whole lot, you know, he comes to me one day and says, Dad, I, I don't like this. This is not. And then he looks at me and says, I feel like the Lord. And he just had his third child, by the way. Let's don't forget that. I feel like the Lord wants me to build sheds. And I went, oh. Engineering, city engineer, we're going to build sheds. Oh, I just went, I had vis instantly visions of them moving back in with us. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. I said, Jonathan, have you prayed about this? Yes, me and my wife have prayed about it. We feel like God has opened these doors. Can I tell you? He is more satisfied and happy and enjoying and loving it. I never heard him say those things when he was the engineer. Now, I'm not against engineers, but you've got to know that God has a plan. Well, another one of my sons, you know, because we always looking for ways. I'm always looking for ways to put them to work and make money so they won't take mine. Well, Jonathan has a bunch of scraps. And about this, two by fours, about this, a bunch of them, you know, because he's making, he's, he's so blessed. He's doing so, uh, y'all get a shed built by Jonathan. I'm advertising for him. But anyway, he's got these scraps. And he brings over some, and Isaac says, you know, you can make stakes out of those. Every contractor needs stakes, you know, when they're forming up. And they put them stakes in the ground. They put the boards. He said, we have to buy those. And Jonathan is just throwing them away, burning them. 
And so I said, Matthew could do that. So I, I said, bring them over. We got a big pile in our yard now. And I'm fixing to get Isaac. He's got this extra chop saw. You know what chop saw with the big blade? Just And I'm fixing to turn my 10-year-old loose making these steaks. I'm sitting in my chair drinking coffee, and the Holy Spirit says, you really going to turn your 10-year-old loose? with a chop saw, without you being there? And all of a sudden, I went, God, that's insane. It's insane to turn my 10-year-old without me being there to direct him. Now, you know, he might have got some right. But by the end of the year, we'd be calling him nubby. You know it. It's insane to let him, to be sitting there and have drink coffee while he's out cutting with the chop saw. Everybody look at me. You are insane if you try to navigate this life without being in his presence. It's only a matter of time before you make a bad mistake. He says, I will be with you. He says, I'll direct you. But I've got to give time to that and allow him to speak to me through his word, through his ways. i got to follow the cloud. When he says, do this, he told Jonathan, do that. And I'm like, ah. Jonathan followed the cloud. And man, he's loving it. You got to believe him. God does have something for you this year. And I'm not, I'm talking about changing jobs, but that's not, I'm going to get, that's not really what I'm talking about. Be with him. I've got to allow him to speak to me. And the last one is they got to be like him. I've got to be like him. Listen, if you are not, if you are following God, you're going to do things like he does. I'm going to give you an example. One of the biggest things is be kind. Be kind. One of the first things he said when he was describing love, he said patience and kindness. Be kind of giving to people. I'm not talking about money. I'm just talking about your words, your efforts. Do you realize, Amy was reading me an article, The Science of Kindness, that they have physically, I thought it was interesting, Remo started talking about dopamine and all that. They have physically proved, scientists, that when you give, when you are kind, your brain produces things that makes your body healthier. That's science. That ain't the Bible. That's science. But I think God made us that way. Because he said, follow me. And what did he say? What was the one command? This ain't rocket science. He said, love God with all your heart. That means I'm going to follow you. I'm going to live by your bidding. And he said, love each other. He created our body to respond to that kind of life. You want your best life? 
Be kind. You want to have a great year? Be kind. You go, oh, well, I need somebody to pay off my truck. Why don't you sell that thing and drive a minivan? <laughs> Be kind. That's not my dream. That's not who I am. That's not, listen, if I get billions of dollars and it changes me one inch, I am wrong. And if I have nothing and it changes me, I'm wrong. Because what God wants to do is give me purpose inside of me that comes out. Do you understand that your body will feel better when you be liking? First of all, you're kind. You got to unload baggage. Please hear me. Some of you are carrying too much baggage. You know, first thing you do in a, those ships in the olden days, those wooden ships, when they were in bad weather, and they thought they were going to, they started throwing things overboard, get lighter. Some of you need to throw some things overboard. You're worried. You're worried. Worried about the future when you have no control over it. You have unforgiveness. You're keeping yourself, it burdens you down. That's why the Bible says, carry your own burden, but then he says, bear one another's burden. Sometimes I gotta help you throw it overboard. Sometimes, do you realize we're carrying too much stuff? We're worried. One time I was on a plane, I was on a plane, and I, I was praying, trying to be spiritual. I said, Lord, please protect my wife and children while I'm gone. And the Holy Spirit just sat on my chest and said, well, who protects them when you're there? I went, well, I'm hoping you do, Lord. I'm an idiot for thinking I can. He says, Listen, we're burdened down with worry and fear. God, fear. See, if you go back to number one, if you believe him, he knows you by name, that will cast off fear. I don't even have to be afraid. If I'm following him, even if I take a wrong step, he's going to bump me back on. I don't have to be afraid. Last one, I, I, I want to say this. If you're going to be like him, you've got to offer abundant life to other people. How many of you have been saved? I'm just going to ask you one question. I'm not going to ask you to answer the second one. How many of you have been saved over 20 years? Raise your hand. Okay. How many people you led to the Lord? Don't answer that. Do you realize everybody in here, if you are saved, if you're not saved, good luck. Because you're going to need luck. I don't believe in luck. I believe in favor, God's favor. But do you realize there is this principle that God set in? We're talking about having a great year next year. Do you realize that God set this principle 
What you sow, you reap. Everybody wants to reap good stuff. Don't you understand that when I lead somebody and they get saved, it makes my salvation more special. It makes, when I help somebody, it makes me, I get the residual effect of it. I was in Walmart, me and Amy. You find out what toys are happening. You know, when you give toys to a bunch of different kids, you got to, anyway. So, at Christmas, we found out that the walkie-talkies were the hit. Everybody, and it was so funny. They were so goofy. You know, just goofy. I wonder why God didn't just write on the sky, y'all are goofy. Anyway, because we're sitting there watching them play, and they're talking walkie-talkies standing right next to each other. Well, the idea is go. You know, but I'm standing there putting batteries in. I got two walkie-talkies and eight kids standing in front of me. And they're all going, ah, ah, ah. We were in Walmart buying those walkie-talkies. And I walked up to the electronics place. And this guy, he's bent over. Oh, the worker guy, old guy. Should have been home, but he probably tried to get the American dream and paid too much money for stuff, and now he's having to work at Walmart. Anyway, uh, I walked up to him because I said, man, I ain't giving mouth to mouth right here. What? Somebody, I said, sir, are you okay? He goes, oh, man, my back's killing me. Old guy. And no. <laughs> Older. So me and Amy following to we're looking for walkie-talkies. He goes, okay, they're over here. <laughs> oh. And finally, I you know, I'm whistling. I said, I'm gonna pray for this guy. And we didn't be cool, God just healed him right there. So I said, Sir, I, I want to pray for you back. And he, you know, he wasn't a very big guy kind of small man. And so I stepped toward him, and he kind of went. I mean, and, and obviously, he ain't never had nobody pray. So I, I reached for him, and he went. I said, just go touch your shoulder. Can I pray for you? Oh, oh, yeah. And so I started praying for him. And man, I started saying, Lord, show him how much you love him. Show him what's going on. God, heal his back. Let him know. And I kind of looked up at him, and he's like, He's kind of inching away from me, and I'm following him. I'm inching with him. I'm following. You know, it's so funny. And then we walked past. I prayed for him and everything. There was this lady standing at the end of the aisle watching the whole thing. And she had that big smile on her face going, that was awesome. See, what I'm saying is it made my salvation a little more real because I tried to give it to somebody else. That's what we're missing. So this year, I'm going to ask you to claim somebody's soul that you work hard at either witnessing to yourself, getting them to an event, doing something, 
Wouldn't it be great? We would have revival in this town if this many people just got one. Now see, that is worth dreaming about. That gives you a sense of eternal purpose. Does that make sense? When we understand, we got to believe him. I'm going to trust him. It's amazing how people, when they get to the end of their life and they're they want to say, oh, God's going to take me to heaven, you know, right at the end. But they never trust him with anything else. God wants to give you life abundant. That doesn't start in heaven. That starts right now. He wants your marriage better. He wants you to have a good marriage. Me and Amy have some dreams now. You know, she ain't right sometimes. But, <laughs> but see, don't say amen, dude. Don't. That was a let the preacher sink himself moment. But what I'm saying is, guys, it's not that the American dream, the way it is now, is making us worse because people are getting it and they're still miserable. But the American dream where God puts something in my heart, I start following him and I do things that are worth dying for. Money ain't worth dying for. I mean, when I start giving things away and all of a sudden, bam, I go back and go, that was a great year. Look at the stuff we got to do. Look at what happened. So, here's what I want to do this morning. We're going to just... I'll ask the prayer team to come on down if you would, please, for specific reasons. Y'all come on down, prayer team. And uh, I just want, I want to encourage you, okay? I want you to hear me. Everybody look at me. These people are down here because some of you brought in burdens. You're carrying in. And Bible says, Bible says, bear one another's burden. First question they're going to ask you is, do you know the Lord? Second question, they're going to pray for your, this is not a counseling session. They're going to pray for your burden. But some of you need to come down. I would love to see a bunch of you come down to the altar by yourself and just go, Lord, I'm claiming so-and-so, this person, this year. I'm claiming this thing this year. Lord, I, I want to be a part of seeing that person get saved. That person get set free from addiction. I want to be a part of that. And I'm telling you, when it happens, you'll look back and go, now that was worth getting up in the morning. Not all the stuff. I want you to rise to your feet. I want you to close your eyes right now. Look, lunch can wait five minutes. You ain't in that big a hurry. Just right now. I want you to start off by saying, Lord, I want you to lead me. I want you to give me direction 
in 2024. I want you to give me things to do in 2024. I want my marriage to be better in 2024. God, whatever's on, just say, Lord, I want to live a life worthy of your abundancy. Tell him, I want to live that abundant life. Help me to make decisions. Help me follow the cloud. Help me to listen to you. But some of you have burdens that are residual from the past. Or you know somebody does. If you need prayer, I want you to come down and let these people pray with you and stand with you. I want you to let these people just carry you for a moment. Even right now as I'm praying, you come. Don't wait. If you have a burden this morning, or if you want to come and kneel and say, Lord, I'm claiming that person's soul. Don't wait. Don't look around. It's between you and the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, I ask you just to come. I ask you to be with us. As people come forward, Lord, to claim, as people are prayed for. God, I pray you'll begin to speak. Nobody looking around, you're supposed to be asking the Lord, God, direct me. What can you direct me? Come on, if you need prayer, you come. I need to lay down this burden, Lord. I need to lay it. Just ask the Lord right now. If you're having a burden, man, come and let somebody pray for you right now. If you have a financial burden, come and let somebody pray for you. Whatever the Lord is, you need to lay it down, that baggage. Get free of it today. Get free of it. Come on, nobody looking around? You come. If you'd like prayer, you come, please. Some of you men, and you carry such a burden for your family. Come and let somebody pray for you this morning. Ask the Lord, God, what, what do you want to see happen in my life, in my life this year? What do you want to see happen? Because if you don't plan, you'll wind up in the same place. If you don't have any goals, you'll wind up in the same place. But let him determine your goal. Don't come up with some yourself. Let him speak to you. I'm not going to beg you, man. If you have a burden, come and let somebody pray for you. Right now. Don't wait. Praise you again and again. Don't look around. Ask God. If you're a Christian, just bow your head and say, Lord, what do you want to accomplish me in me in 2024? Come on, ask him. What steps do I need to take this year? 
Whose soul can I claim, Lord? I've got nothing new. How could I express my gratitude? I could sing these songs as I often do. But every song. You need prayer, you come. We're not going to be here long, very long. at me real quick while they're still praying let them pray I want to kind of prime the pump a little bit and then I'm going to let you go okay look if you I want you this week to pray Lord what's some things you want me to walk in this year okay now look if you hear if you hear if you hear sell everything you have and move to Africa that ain't God, okay? If you hear that, come and talk to me. I, I'll tell you, that ain't God. I'll take the blame, okay? God starts with small steps. Like this. I want my marriage to be better. I want my family to be better, okay? How about have a family time three nights a week where you just read the word out loud as these small children get a picture Bible just read and pray we noticed this is the truth Amy can tell you we noticed when we put praise and worship music on all day long it affected their behavior when we had family time it affected reading the word over if you want God to change the way things are you gotta invite him into the house does that make sense you got to invite him into your house, to your life, and do something. Some of you single people, if you're by yourself, say, I'm going I'm to take time every night. And God will speak to you and give you direction. He wants you to do like, he might tell you to go work in the nursery. Didn't say you'd like it, but he might tell you to do this or volunteer at manna, whatever. Follow the cloud and you'll wind up living a life You'll wind up having a great year because he'll put you in position to see some miracles. Amen? I want you to hold hands with somebody next to you. Your assignment this week, ask the Lord, what are some things you want me to walk in in 2024? What are some things you want me to walk in? Everybody got it? Father, I just pray right now that we will have an extraordinary year, an extraordinary time with you. God, through all the highs and lows, 
God, you'll be there through all of them. And I'm praying that every person, every family will hear you, will believe you and trust you, will be with you. God, don't let us try to navigate life by ourselves. Let us invite you. And then God, we can start being like you. Let us unload our baggage so we can be like you. We love you, Lord. I bless these people. In your name we pray. Amen. Be blessed. Have a great day.